You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Somehow, we're back. We made it to a Wednesday. Oh, we're still discussing what happened yesterday in the final hour of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of went away for a couple hours. Yes, it did. But social media, I love you. You were right there just to remind us, you know, you had people who were... Listening on the uh, the podcast, so they they got the uh, the rear. They couldn't listen in real time, and then you got more people in social media talking about Fritzy and his uh, speech yesterday. Yes, yes, Paul. A buddy of mine who you know, Dan, he's a beer delivery guy up in Vermont. He was listening as he went into a Seven Eleven. He starts laughing like a madman. The person at Seven Eleven goes, "What are you laughing?" He goes, "Come here, come here, come here!" And he gave it to the person behind the counter at Seven Eleven. So it, it, it got big. Marvin, could you play it just for the people who maybe didn't hear it so we could put it in context? we got to be fair to the audience here. This is what uh, it sounded like yesterday. He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. Yeah. And then Todd accused us of doctoring that. And I said, Todd, we didn't doctor this. I keep telling you that maybe you run out of air. Maybe you talk too fast. And maybe if you slow down, then you'd be able to enunciate. You try to cram in too much. I was eventually able to laugh at that, but when I initially, when you initially played that, it, I found it terrifying. Yes, Pauline. Fritzy, can you say Steve Sarkeesian at Texas? Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. You made it. I, I think part of it, you're right, is I got to call, you know, slow down a little bit. I talk too fast, but just that whole saliva thing. And my wife shows such great. I just did you it again. just did it just right did it there. I was trying shows. You, I was saying the word show. You've my got wife the, shows. You've got the yips. There's something with the SH when I start talking too fast. Yes. She said got, she shares a room. Share another SH word. She shares a room with a speech therapist and said that I should come to her school at some point and sit down with this speech therapist, pathologist, or whatever it is and practice some I, of these words. I just want you to say less and say it slower. And avoid words with SH. But a lot of words seem to have an S or SH. <laughs> At least the words that I choose. See, can you, can you, um, she sells seashells by the seashore. Okay. You see how you did it? Um, part of it is slowing down. Yeah. Part of it is I may have some kind of lisp that I wasn't aware of. I don't think you have a lisp. I just think you try to cram in too much and you speak too fast. Because you would hurt my feelings. And I'm like, I don't sound like you. Like, and you make the slurping <laughs> noise. And I'm like, why are you doing that? There's no way I sound oh, like that. No. Until yesterday, I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to talk the rest of the show and be a baby. And then you guys played that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's horrific. <laughs> That's how it sounded. And yeah. you guys didn't doctor it. That was exactly how it sounded on the air. You got the yips. Wow. I got a lot of issues. Yes. Plus the yips. Now we've added yips. Great. All right. Welcome to the program. Already in progress, as you can tell. Uh, you can be part of the program in a variety of ways. You can dial us up. You can email, tweet, all of the above. Say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. And our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio lineup. And all the great radio affiliates around the country who were hopefully entertained yesterday by what happened. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Uh, Before missing an entire season, a lot of people believe Deshaun Watson was a top quarterback, maybe top five. And NFL teams still believe that to be true because there are three front runners to land him. You got the Panthers, Saints, and the Browns. And then maybe, maybe you have the Atlanta Falcons making a late push here. The team is going to meet with Watson today about a potential deal. Now, understand this. These teams also, they all have to come up with the framework for a trade. This is what we're asking for, probably three first-round picks, maybe something else. Diana Rossini's done a great job reporting on this, the uh, mothership NFL reporter, that you got to come up with the sort of the blueprint, 
the parameters of this is what we'll offer you. And then the Texans will go, okay, we'll accept that. We'll accept that. We'll accept that. We'll accept that. Or you got to do better than that. And then they'll go back to Deshaun Watson and say, pick the team that you want to go to. He's going to meet with the Falcons. He's already met with the Panthers, the Saints, and the Browns. So this streamlines it. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, before any of this testimony gets out, where he had to talk about the civil lawsuits, I get traded as soon as possible. You know, if you look at Friday, to what happened on Friday, uh, you know, in front of the grand jury, and they drop those charges, now you have this. Now you have an opening here by the end of the week. Diana Rossini uh, tweeted yesterday, first step for Saints, Panthers, Browns, arranging a meeting with Deshaun Watson, presenting a trade package to the Texans per multiple league sources. Once Houston approved, only then did they meet. Now it's up to Deshaun Watson because for some reason the Texans gave him a no trade clause. Now the Texans can go, hey, final offer here. This is like a one-day sale. Here you go. Who wants Deshaun Watson? Apparently, the Cleveland Browns do because yesterday Baker Mayfield confirmed his future in Cleveland was in doubt after Watson met with the Browns about a trade. That created a lot of speculation as to where Watson's going to end up and Baker Mayfield's going to end up. Felt a little premature, premature by Baker Mayfield. Just a little premature. Unless he's told, hey, there's no way you're coming back, whether we get to Sean Watson or not. Now, if that's the case, okay. But there's a couple things that came to mind with this, that there's still a really good chance, it feels like, that Baker Mayfield could be the Cleveland Browns quarterback this upcoming season, which make this feels even stranger that he put out this long sort of goodbye note to the city of Cleveland here. And remember when we talked about Baker Mayfield was going to play through the pain and this had to do with his contract? And at the time, I thought, you know what? You're rolling the dice. It's one thing to bet on yourself, but bet on yourself when you're healthy. And when he was healthy, I thought he was a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? No. Is he could be? Is he now a great quarterback? The answer is probably not. And the injury didn't help him. Deshaun Watson is an upgrade. Now, I don't know if Deshaun Watson even wants to go to Cleveland. Played college in Carolina. uh, Grew up a Falcons fan. Remember, this was last year where I saw Deshaun Watson in New York and he had a Falcons jacket on? Like, do you remember that? And I thought, wow, uh, maybe, maybe he knew something back then or thought something. Or maybe just said, hey, I'm a Falcons fan or I was growing up. But here we are with Baker Mayfield, and you're going, what's going on? What does he know that we don't know? Have they said, hey, you're going to get traded. We're going to send you to Indianapolis. But what if he doesn't get traded and Deshaun Watson doesn't go there? Like, do you (laughs) take out another full-page ad and say, never mind, or I'm back? (laughs) But, you know, this is where the team is supposed to stay with you. Hey, he's going to play through pain. Cleveland, there's no loyalty whatsoever. Zero. But this is a situation where you would think the Browns would go, man, that dude at least tried to play. He shouldn't have played, but he tried to play. And it really came back to haunt him here because he wanted that new contract, that extension. But if I'm Deshaun Watson, I got to have a new team by Friday because this information is going to leak out. Things that are brought up 
by the uh, lawyer representing these women in the civil lawsuits, the questions, the answers. I tried to find out if anybody knew anything yesterday, and one of my sources said, don't have anything on it. Zero. But said it doesn't mean it's going to uh, not going to come out. But if I'm if I'm this feels like a football story now. Friday felt like this was, a, you know, a criminal case. Deshaun Watson's future is really in doubt. Now, for some reason, he feels less toxic because teams are going to be like, hey, we're OK. All you got to do is have a, if you get a great quarterback. All right, we'll deal with the other stuff. We're fine with that. All right, maybe some people won't be happy that we brought in somebody who could be a, a, a serial uh, sex abuser. I mean, maybe he's innocent. Maybe, it, you know, he might write a check. It all goes away, sort of. But Saints, Panthers, Browns, Falcons, we'll take him. And that's what it comes down to. Talent. Because it, let's say Deshaun Watson played safety. Not, not a great player. Just Let's say just a defensive back. Do you think that anybody is going out of their way to sign him, bring him in? They would go, no, there's no way you have him on the roster. <laughs> if you look at the sliding scale, we always talk about this. There's baggage and then there's talent. If you got talent, that'll trump baggage. And that's the case here with Deshaun Watson. I mean, these teams, NBA teams put up with uh, Dennis Rodman. Now, granted, Dennis wasn't accused of what Deshaun Watson was, but he helped you win. Therefore, you went, eh, just being Dennis. Deshaun Watson, it's different. You got talent. Somebody's going to want you. Terrell Owens was considered toxic. Now, not charged anywhere near with what happened with Deshaun Watson, apples and oranges, but still, he had talent. You put up with talent. You'll put up with the baggage if you have talent. And that's the situation that you have here. But I do feel, I like Baker Mayfield. But this felt like a white flag. Like, don't surrender. Just say, hey, I'm planning on coming back. I put, I put the, you know, the onus, the spotlight on the Browns here. I'm doing everything I can. I want to win. I'm rehabbing. I'm going to do more commercials. I'm ready to go. I would not raise the white flag here. Unless he knows by the end of the week, hey, you're going to be a Colt. And maybe that's the case. But uh, we'll talk to Marcus Spears of the Mothership. He'll join us coming up here in a little bit. Kyrie dropped 60 on the Magic. And it feels like he probably could have had 70, maybe 75. I think it was eight minutes, seven and a half minutes ago, and they decided to sit him down. This one, I don't understand this in the NBA. You're going to put in somebody for Kyrie Irving. Put up 60 on the Magic. The Nets put up 150 on the Magic. So if you say, well, we got to sit him down. Why? The person who comes in is going to be taking shots. So why not just leave Kyrie in? I mean, he's got days off. It's not like you go, man, he's, he can't go back to back. No, he can't. He doesn't. But I kept thinking, well, just leave him in. Because whoever comes in, Patty Mills is going to take those shots. Why not let Kyrie take those shots? But he put, put up 60 last night. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns just put up 60. I have uh, Kyrie talking about the flow of the game certainly helped him put up that number. Somebody told me on the bench, 
what it was. I'm just grateful it came in the flow of the game. You know, a few shots probably I shouldn't have taken. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, tough ones, you know, double teams, triple teams coming. But, uh, you know, as long as I could do it with a smile on my face and my teammates weren't too angry at me, it, it made uh, this night uh, worthwhile. Okay. I don't know if it was in the flow of the game that you won by 42, but, hey, you're playing the magic. Go out and have fun. And uh, he certainly did. Plus, guys know this. Once you get on a roll, and usually it's your marquee players, but sometimes when you have a guy who is, it's called being in the zone. It's called getting blue. Like you get into this world where you don't know how you got in and how you get out sometimes. But when you're in it, then that's when guys start feeding you. And Kyrie was feeling blue. And uh, he got in the zone last night. Scored 60. And, and, and I can't help but think, 10 years from now, does Kyrie look back and go, gosh, you know, I could have won a couple of titles. I could have been a better leader in Boston. Maybe I should have stayed with LeBron. He's never been first team all NBA, I don't think. Now, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I, I wonder if he looks back with regret and goes, I could have done a whole lot more. Is I don't know if Kyrie was, I don't think he was on the 75th anniversary team, was he? He was, he was, not, he was not, and he's in his 10th season. There's yeah. other players that have. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't help but wonder that as I'm watching the highlights. I did not watch the game. And, you know, I usually go out of my way to watch bad teams. And, you know, because I don't think anybody's watching them. And I was watching basketball. Indiana, Texas Southern make the tournament. They won last night. And then all of a sudden I started to see, you know, Kyrie's going off. I think at 41 at halftime. And I thought, wow. And I always go back to when we talked to Kobe about this, his 81-point game against Toronto. And I'm going to play that for you a little bit later on. Because you get to that moment where you go, could he score 100 Kyrie could have gotten 70 or 75 last night. But 60 is one thing. 80? Like 80 is where you go, holy bleep. 60, you go, all right. 80? There's two dudes who've done it all time. Wilt and Kobe. I do think we will see an 80-point performance in my lifetime. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Marcus Spears about what Baker Mayfield is doing. And where would he, if he was Deshaun Watson, want to go? We'll talk to him coming up. Also, one of our favorites, uh, NBA on TNT, Jim Jackson, a former uh, NBA great, will join us a little bit later on as well. Uh, poll question, Seton? You got a poll question, or you want to wait till we come back from break? We got a couple options, but we could wait, whichever. Okay. By the way, bracket challenge, make sure you fill out your brackets. Now, do we have a deadline, Ton? You're sort of the uh, gatekeeper for the brackets. I thought by this evening we could say noon, but uh, the games obviously start in earnest, as we like to say, well, noon the, Eastern the games tomorrow. Are tomorrow, but why? I would say by uh, how about by five p.m. Eastern? Is that fair? Like business hours? How about tomorrow? Well, you're into tomorrow morning. You want to go? Yeah, yeah. All right, so how close do we want to get to tip off? So we have time. How about to, 11, a, 11 a.m.? An hour before tip off sounds uh, lovely. 11 a.m. Eastern. 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. You got to get it in by an hour before tip off. And that's a hard deadline. Hard deadline. Hard. If you're 11.01, you're out. 11 a.m. Eastern is the deadline. And maybe Mario can put that on the newsletter. Just let everybody know because we've got great gifts here. Uh, Traeger Grill, 
Link sold gift card for $500 with their uh, great clothes. A Callaway driver, uh, Panini Illusions football mega box, danpatrick.com, sign up for the newsletter. Enter, get uh, information on all the rules to be part of our bracket challenge. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Make sure you go to the website, danpatrick.com. Got a great March Madness t-shirt there, a pie slam jamma as well, and the uh, new Never Say Never in creamsicle color, tribute to Tom Brady. Uh, we also have some great basketball uh, shirts there and baseball season as well, danpatrick.com. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA, a uh, member of the unrivaled SUV family. Learn more at MBUSA.com. We'll get to uh, Marcus Spears here in a moment. Seat in the poll question that we're thinking about today. Uh, if you were a Browns fan, you'd want Baker Mayfield and keep all your draft picks or give up a ton for Deshaun Watson. All right. All right. That's what we're going with. Oh, we are going That's with a that. Paul Papp special. Oh, all right, Paulie. Thank oh. you. Uh, let's uh, bring in Marcus Spears, uh, NFL analyst for the Mothership, contributor to Get Up, NFL Live, Sports Center, and many other programs there. You can watch him at 4 Eastern every weekday with Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, and Dan Orlovsky, including today. Free agency officially begins. Marcus, let me start there. What would you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? Try to get Deshaun Watson, DP. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, it's funny, the relationship is severed already. Uh, Dan and Dan actually... Dan Orlovsky talked about that the day after the season when Stefanski and, and Baker had, um, how could I word it, conflicting uh, definitions of, of how the season went. Um, but even with all of the things, and I don't, I don't ever talk about Deshaun Watson without talking about off the field, because he could, you could trade for him and he still have to sit out. 12 games or a year. So you make you you are bargaining and betting on if you Cleveland with this going public, you are bargaining that we may not get Deshaun and we may not have Baker unless we force him to be here, right? Because I believe that it could get very ugly. And the fact that Baker uh, you know, made that statement on social media last night, it lets you know where his head and his heart is. And a, a thank you like I'm departing is not the same as a thank you like I'll see y'all next year. But do you think he knows something? Because it felt premature that he would put this out. And he's not a surrender guy. He's going to yeah. fight through it. And but DP, I, you, you know, man, when you, first of all, all of these guys, and I know we, we kind of inflated with Baker. All of these quarterbacks got egos, man. And regardless of what people like to believe, I played in this league nine years. Most of a, most of their egos are fragile when it comes to the business of football and how their perspective organization looks at them. So the fact that you in a you you are your name if you Cleveland and your name is a part of the rush and the the war to try to get Deshaun Watson. Um, you got a quarterback that you drafted in the first round that was planning on playing on his fifth year option for eighteen million dollars. And now he knows you don't, you would prefer someone else. So I, I just, he knows 
but I don't think Deshaun Watson in full totality led to the ultimate decision. I think Baker has seen some of the writing on the wall for a while now. Because you remember, DP, we had a we had a conversation this season um, about his backup, his name slipping me right now. But if if he could actually start and do a better job, uh, the guy that came over from Minnesota that Case, won 14. Case, Case Keenum. Keenum. Yeah. yeah, Case Keenum. So even with that type of discussion, you know that that's not something that the media made up or somebody on the outside that's a legitimate thought that they were having about, do we have a better shot? And I know the injuries played a part in that, but ultimately, man, it's been tumultuous for Baker for, for a while, and his play hasn't kind of overcome that. But he made the mistake, and I said it at the time, it was a mistake. I understand the mentality, being a competitor, he played through pain, and he didn't play well. Sit down, man. Sit down. And I think like, it I cost you, him. I think that cost him ultimately that we looked and went, is he a franchise quarterback? Do we want to give him all that money? Because prior to that, he played well. Now, yeah. is he a is he a first team, you know, all pro quarterback? No, he's never going to be that. But I describe it like this, DP. I think Baker Mayfield is an average quarterback that plays above average at times. And I don't know. If you're Cle- see Cleveland, well, based off of that though, Marcus, you got to trade him. You got to move on. If if you 100%. think he's average and occasionally can be better than average, then you move on. But DP, that's what his listen. You know how this go. That's what your resume says. If you're Baker Mayfield, your resume says that you have played elevated football at times. But the the big sample size that we have, including the injury, because to your point, he should have sat down, right? But you, you try to play through that. You go back to turning the football over. He had the one year when they made the playoffs where he had, I think, 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions or something like that. That's solid. But DP, ain't nobody going nobody to forget about trying to trade for somebody better because of a season like that. Carson Wentz just got ousted in Indianapolis for 27 touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah. Right? So it's all about, for Cleveland, especially in this particular situation that they in, they look at the rest of their roster and they say, we ready to win. And that's the, that is really the problem with Baker Mayfield because in those moments, those late game moments, Kansas city, um, he, he was phenomenal against Baltimore, but Lamar just came back and did something better later in the game. But it was a few games this year where you got the ball in your hands. You got an opportunity to get in field goal range and go make a play. Couldn't do it. So I, I don't know if you're Cleveland and you're sitting there and you got the possibility of getting Deshaun Watson, you should be all in. He's Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. So where is the best destination for Deshaun Watson? I think the best spot for him, and, and it came upon late because I was talking to Shefty, is Atlanta. And if I'm Cleveland, I'm also trying to figure out what is Matt Ryan doing. Like you see how see how that that because you look at the NFC South and I know Tom just came back, but if you look at the NFC South, Tom won't be there for another two three years, right? So Deshaun Watson walks into the NFC South. He's he's as talented as any quarterback in that division. He can absolutely make a franchise attractive to a lot of guys that are looking for different destinations. He's from Georgia relationship with the blank family from 
high school and them knowing him around the area. So I look at Atlanta, especially a franchise right now, without a number one wide receiver. Arthur Smith is there, who did a, a great job with Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And you think about, like, then you know this as well as anybody. You've been in this game for, for as long as anybody. You know when you got the guy at the signal caller spot, you're going to pull more stars. It's just, it's the normal operating, like, we all were waiting on Aaron Rodgers to figure out what Devontae Adams is going to do. And I know that situation is a little convoluted. We look at Tom Brady when he came to Tampa. We look at Matt Stafford when he went to L.A. Dudes want to play with quarterbacks they, they think they can win championships with. And also be in a city and an environment that that is a a great place to live and all of that. So I think Atlanta. I, at first, I had Carolina because he played at Clemson, but between between Atlanta and Charlotte, North Carolina, it, it's the same distance probably from from leaving from Clemson. So his familiarity with that area, and I think another thing for Deshaun, man, with, with all of this stuff that he has on his plate. He needs some 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 kind of sit down around friend, family, people that he can trust and have that support system because this ain't over. D. It's going to be a while before his off the field issues are over. And going to Atlanta, I think being around his family, we know the relationship that he has with his mom, I think would be paramount for him mentally being in that position. And for Atlanta, it'd be great because you get a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I talked about Matt or uh, Matt Ryan going to Indianapolis, that maybe you try to take another spin like you did with Phillip like Rivers. With Phillip. I, got yeah. a, I got a veteran there. I got an offensive line to protect me. I'm a, I'm a better quarterback than the previous quarterbacks we have. And I got a good running back here. You know, I can go out and win a, some games. So it's, I, a great, it's a great fit. Yeah. It's a great fit. I think Frank Wright would be ecstatic. Because that's Frank Reich is what he want. Matt Ryan is what Frank Reich wanted Carson Wentz to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like when you give better takes than me, but that was a great one. <laughs> help me under <laughs> help me understand Randy Gregory. It, yeah. it felt like he was going to resign with the Cowboys, and then all of a sudden he signs with the Denver Broncos. Your yeah. reaction was? I was I was upset for from the standpoint of wanting Randy Gregory because he's a hell of a football player. But I wasn't upset because Randy Gregory got a five-year, $70 million deal, and he's overcome a lot. I'm more happy about him having that opportunity. Now, but wasn't the, terms, the money the same, though? The money was the same, but the terms were different. And it's a way that Dallas structures their contracts different from other places. Um, and I think it was some I think it was some language. I, and I asked Shefty this yesterday on NFL Live, it was some language that they that Dallas puts in the contract about uh, suspensions and getting money back if you just, you know, like yeah, but that you can understand stuff. that, Marcus. If I'm the Cowboys, I got to put that language in there. A hundred percent. But I also can understand if Denver doesn't. <laughs> but that's how like, they got him. It's basically saying, hey, you might relapse. You might yeah. test you might get test hot yep. here and yep. and we're not going to terminate your contract here. But I and, normally and, don't say, hey, an athlete needs to be loyal, you know, to a team or an yep. owner. The Cowboys stood by Randy Gregory for many, many incidents hey, here. Man, we're about to have our first fight. Uh-oh. We're about to have our first All fight. All right. Okay. Because you know how you know how this goes, man. They stood by Randy Gregory because he's a hell of a football player. Let's not kid ourselves now. This is the same team, and you know how much I love the Dallas Cowboys. They signed Greg Hardy. I know. 
Like, so <laughs> I, I have this conversation with people and I understand, <laughs> I understand it from like on surface level, like Randy Gregory had these suspensions, Dallas took mine and Jerry. I love the Cowboys. All right. And I, I understand how this business works from that standpoint. But if you can't play football, they ain't standing by you. So that's a choice that Dallas made instead of making the choice that other teams made and not touching Randy Gregory or not wanting to sign him. And I don't know if it came back to bite him to do it when he got 500, five years, $70 million deal with the type of contract that he wanted. That's what we're all trying to do, regardless of if we have Randy Gregory's background, right? D DP, if I, if I got a $500,000 workout bonus from one team and the money is the same on another team, but that 500 grand ain't in there, I'm probably leaving, big dog. Well, usually so, you go to Dallas if you have problems, you know, that that that, that they welcome you in. They special. They, like, wait, you got but, any but you baggage? But you go if you can play football at a very high level. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because I'm, I'm, for, for the one Randy Gregory story, I bet it's 20 that they was like, we'll see you. We'll see you never. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. If he's a defensive back, a nondescript defensive back, nobody is going to take a chance yeah, on him. You know, you you got to look at the baggage and talent. And if you if talent outweighs baggage, then you get yep. to sit in first class. If not, I love this, you're in I coach. Love this conversation we having because, you, as you know me, I don't like fooling people. Like everybody likes to have good, like good feelings about how the NFL operates, and, and you know they should have. We know we've seen the NFL take some moral low ground. We've seen it take some moral high ground as well, but. Ultimately, to your point, DP, like you are kidding yourself if you don't think the talent is the first thing that these clubs think about. Yeah. Did you ever have a crazy teammate? Crazy teammate? Um, yeah, probably Tank. Um, Tank Johnson that came over from Chicago and Pac-Man. What? <laughs> Pac-Man? Yeah. And I love them. Like, but did they scare you? Crazy, Huh? They scare you, or did you ever? Nah, I just, no, nah, I never scared me. I, I, I don't have that in my. I just naturally don't have that in my body. But I, what I, what I will say about those two dudes that I love, number one, and they got baggage, they got things that came along with them. But getting to know them, and the reason why I say they crazy is because I was so impressed with how they could play ball and have distractions going on and still play at a very high level. <laughs> I was like, you crazy if you could do that. And and then two, like Pac-Man and I, we had a bunch of talks. I love, I love to do, like literally love to do that. I know he's had his issues, but if you like get getting to the heart of the man, which is what I tried to do with most of my teammates that I had a chance to get a relationship with, good people that want to see other people have success. And I, really that's how I judge you. I know that you work with Greeny on Get Up and uh, Fritzy, he is uh, – he does this every day. He likes to do his Greeny impersonation on Get Up. You know, when Greeny starts the show and he's got all that energy. Good morning. Yeah. So uh, Fritzy was going to do his uh, Mike Greenberg impersonation on uh, the start of Get Up. And I want you to okay. judge this. All right, Todd, you ready? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Good morning. What was Baker hoping to cook up with that statement to Browns fans? And Watson happens next for Deshaun. 
Alex the Great caps off a great night, says Puck the Islanders. Don't call it a playing game. Who finished first in the first four? Jones in for a new team? How one cowboy got lassoed late by a herd of Broncos. Also, don't judge his vaccination response. The Yank Slugger is just here to honor a return to spring training. And I'm not joking. Why 60 is the new 50 in the NBA? We'll explain. It's time to get up right now. Damn. That was good, Todd. Thanks. Golly. That was, that was phenomenal. Thanks, bud. I damn near got ready to t- uh, give a take. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever said before on these shows, I don't have a take? Because it, oh, yeah. you, you have to have a take. You're supposed you know, to have a I take. Have, I have legit said I don't have anything to say about that. Yeah, because there are times on the show when somebody said, well, you got to have an opinion. I said, well, how about I let this breathe a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, how crazy is that? I'm, I'm going to pause here for a moment. You know, my wife a doesn't button, say, a, hey, I need a hot take here. I'm going to button up and use that with DP. I'm going to let it breathe. <laughs> Instead of saying I don't have nothing to say, I'm going to say I'm going to let it breathe. <laughs> uh, great to talk to you again. Thank you, Marcus. Always great to have you on. As always, man. Thank you, guys. That's Marcus Spears of the Mothership, contributor to Get Up. And uh, you can see him at 4 Eastern every weekday. And it's uh, NFL Live. Laura Rutledge, Ryan Clark, Mina Kimes, and Dan Orlovsky. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last time there were 60-point games in the NBA on consecutive days, it was Wilt Chamberlain. He had 65, and then he had 61. Wilt also had 67 on uh, February 25th. So he went 67, and then he had a day off. And then February 27th, he went for 65. And then the next day, he went for 61. So... (laughs) He went 67, 65, 61. Wow. Now, David Thompson and George Gervin had 73 and 63. That was in the same game. They were battling for the NBA scoring title. 73 for Ice and 63 for David Thompson. We talked to Kobe about his 81-point performance. And uh, this was, he was on April of 2018. And uh, I asked him the question. Now, you did both of these, but if I said you could only have one on your resume, you could get the 81 or you could Mm -hmm. get the the 60 in your last game. You have to pick between those two. You only get one. Oh, man. I'd probably go with the 81 because we were like one game out of making the playoffs <laughs> that year. So we needed, literally needed every single game 
to get into the postseason. So if we had dropped that one, I think we would have been uh, been in serious jeopardy of missing the playoffs that year. So I'll, I'll go with the 81. Reggie Miller and I got into a heated discussion. Like he kept saying, you're, you're going to end your career with 60. And then he put exclamation points on his text message. And I said, but 81 exclamation points. That's <laughs> come on. 81 and Reg goes no 60 on your last game. I, I, I'm I'm just I, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that you guys are actually having that debate. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's so strange though to hear his voice. It's great to hear his voice, but it's still strange. Here's Chris Bosh, who was a member of the Toronto Raptors that night when Kobe went for 81. What's the most impressive performance that you ever witnessed, whether it was on you know with a teammate or the opposition? Uh, Kobe scoring 81 points. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I was right. in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I was a young fella in that game taking my beatings, man. <laughs> but what's that like, though? When do you realize, uh-oh, this is historical? Yeah, it was surreal. I mean, um, you re- when, once you realize it, it's too late, and it's and it's Kobe, and and I remember just kind of running down the court, and I kept looking up at the screen, and it's like his score was multiplying. I was like, how is he scoring five points at a time? Like this is crazy. And <laughs> it was, you know, we were a bad defensive team that year, and just you know, we were trying to, right? We're trying to figure things out, and it's just like, oh my god, we're in the Staples Center, they're killing us, and. Everybody's laughing and Kobe, everybody except Kobe. He's just got the eye of the tiger right now, and he's, he's unstoppable. It was it was just an incredible performance. It's one of those things where you find yourself watching even though you're in the game. Also, keep in mind, the Lakers trailed by as many as 18 early in the third quarter, and that was upsetting Kobe because I think he had 26 at halftime. He scored 51, 55 in the second half. <laughs> 55 in the second half. The Lakers outscored the Raptors 38-14 to finish the third quarter and then go ahead for good. That helps if you're going for a big number. Now, if I'm Steve Nash, I would have said to Kyrie, you want to keep playing? Like, you're 21 of 30. You got 60. Do you want to go for 70? Because the person who's coming in for you is going to be taking shots as well. You can't say to whoever it is, Patty Mills, hey, don't take any threes. You come in, hey, it's it's uh, if you're open, fire away, and you're scoring 150 points there. But you get into that mindset, and and these guys who are scorers have that mentality of you can never score enough. It's like a billionaire when you say, "Don't you have enough money?" Or if you say to a scorer, "Haven't you scored enough?" Never, never. The reason why you have a billion dollars is because no, it's not enough money, and these scorers. That's when they just say, hey, the clock is going to go zero, zero, zero. That's when I stop. Yeah, Paul. You know, I heard Steve Nash after the game, the Nets coach, and he goes, he goes yeah, his, uh, his first half looked like my entire career <laughs> of highlights. Steve Nash is giving a little fake humility there. Yeah. That's, that's fake humility. Yeah, because he's a Hall of Famer, back-to-back uh, MVPs there. I mean, Kyrie's fascinating in a variety of ways. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. But it still comes down to, I can't count on him. Like, it's a wonderful night against Orlando. What's it mean? Nothing. Just, hey, I had 60 one night. What's it mean? Nothing to me. Other than it, it, it just taps you on the shoulder to remind you that Kyrie is a wonderful player. Going to be a Hall of Famer. But I'm going to look back and say what could have been, not what was. 
Couple of phone calls in here. Let's see. Brock in Missouri. Brock, you've been holding a while. What's your topic today? Hey, yeah, five seven and non slurping two seventy. All right. And uh, got a comment about uh, Baker Mayfield. But we got an idea what he might be doing next. Okay. Uh, shout out to my buddy Michael Gross says. Uh, that uh, Baker probably needs to be find find a new place to stay because he he's asked about to be homeless. All right. Well, thank you, Brock. That but clears gave, that up. Yeah, but he gave credit to his buddy Michael. Yeah, yeah. For that awful joke. Yes. Yeah. Because he lives in the stadium. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they got to go to another stadium. That's where he eats yeah. and stuff like that. No, no, I got that. Okay. They spend the night there. Do laundry there. Yeah. I probably would have workshopped that a little more. Maybe. Maybe do a local show in Missouri. Some creativity, though. That's all right. All right. Uh, Tiffany in California. Hi, Tiffany. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Hey, Danette. So, my fiancé, Steve, and I are we are going to Ireland in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be getting married over there. And we're actually going to be getting married in a town called Limerick. So we want to know if my favorite Danette Todd could write us a limerick for our wedding in Limerick. Okay. Um, could we get the priest to read the limerick at the re- at the uh, ceremony, Tiffany? Yes, we would do that. Okay, you would videotape <laughs> that. That okay. I, we're going to put you on hold. And then, uh, okay. and then Fritzy, yes, time. I would, I just would need their names, and if there's any kind of background that's, information, that's why she's going to stay on hold. Oh, I'm just asking beyond the names. If there's any other little tidbits, that's, that's why I was going to, I was oh, okay. going to give you the contact information. That's fine. I'm happy to do that. Yes, but uh, uh, thank you. All right, Tiffany, we'll put you on hold, and Tyler will get your information, and then Todd will uh, get some information to write a limerick uh, for your nuptials. That's great. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Tiffany. Yes, Seaton. And, you know, knowing Todd, he's actually going to write the sweetest oh, thing yes. Oh, yes. you've ever read. Yes. I'm like very he's flattered. known him his whole life. Yeah. I think that's awesome that uh, she wants me to Yeah, but, but I want to know if the priest is going to get up there. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, we have to have that on video. I still love that that priest or preacher who came on and he had somebody who was di- who had died. And, you know, he's saying his <laughs> fine. And then he, his, his last name was Junior. So Michael Smith Jr. And he called him Michael Smith Jr. the third in front of everybody. During the eulogy, how spectacular is that? Sean in Sacramento. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today? My uncle from another, my brother <laughs> behind the board. Uh, just welcome my first baby girl, 18 inches, 5 pounds, 14 ounces. And her hands are already bigger than Marvin's. Hands are already 9 inches. I don't know okay. what's going on here. This baby came out throwing. Um, so I just want to shower my man Fritzy with praise, man. What what a content king from from being mad at Tom Brady for ruining his selection Sunday to the un you know I don't know if it's a lisp I don't know if it's a little extra spit inside his mouth I don't know what that was yesterday but the reaction from Seton and Marvin priceless and then today man what what a guest booking and the guy just blacked out and went full on greeny that was amazing um, before I let you guys go though just to make it official for my man Mars I want to challenge him to a pie to the face if he's willing to accept oh okay uh, all right. Sean from Sacramento wants a piece of you, uh, Marv. Okay. Uh, is this a Yukon bed? You know it. And I want to make it a little bit more flavor. You know, he's bringing a little flavor to the Dan Patrick show, so I want to challenge him to some candied yams to the face. 
And this is a first-round challenge. UConn bounced. First number five seed out by the New Mexico State New Mexicans. Wow. Marv, you got to take that. No, I don't know about the candy yams, but I'm taking the pie, though. All oh, right. oh, UConn's getting this. New Mexico, sorry, guys. You don't have to worry about the uh, candied yams to the face. Sean's going to get it if you believe UConn's going to win. Sorry, Sean. It's all love, though. All Say right. it with your hands, Marv. Say it with your hands. <laughs> Marv, Marv, you know, a lot of people talk with their hands. Marvin always keeps his hands down. <laughs> all right. All right, Sean. Uh, you got a bet there with Marvin. Marvin, a UConn Huskies apologist here. Uh, Kip in Nashville. Hi, Kip. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, Dan and the Danettes. Pleasure. A couple of things for you right quick. Uh, you were having the, the, the uh, daylight savings time debate about uh, why what would be a con. Mm-hmm. Well, traditionally, one has been that you've got kids waiting for school buses in the morning at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. It's still dark. And so you, you have the possibility of uh, an accident, yeah. something like that. So that's a potential con. Okay. And yeah. All right. And so the second thing is you, you laid into Princey about Tom Brady and ruining Selection Sunday. Well, I was in the car Sunday, and I was listening to Chris Russo, the mad dog. He lost his stuff about that. He was going off. Yeah. So – you know, Fritzy's in good company with that, just so you know. All right. Thank you, Kip. Yeah, I, but Mad Dog is not a big Tom Brady fan, that he, he thinks Tom Brady is hijacking a lot of things, not just March Madness. But, hey, if you felt that way, fine. I, you know, Selection Sunday is just a show. It's Okay, so what? Oh, are you a two-seed or a three-seed? Oh, my gosh. I, you know, Tom Brady came back from England, met with the Glazer family, and probably thought, I got to let my teammates know that I'm coming back because free agency is going to start. That's all. I don't think he said, ooh, let me wait. CBS starting at 6 o'clock, Greg Gumbel. You know what? Let me wait for the West bracket. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell everybody I'm coming back here. Come on. He didn't hijack it. I'm like, all right, whatever. And the Michigan State Spartans will play. Wait, hold on a second. Tom Brady has just announced that he's going back to the NFL. <laughs> Back with the Bucks. Well, that, 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 was, that was Sports Center, though. And Jay Billis is just, he's, oh, he's, he's beside himself. He can't believe it. You know, my big day, it's Selection Sunday. I get to tell everybody what I know. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you're right. I was watching the Sports Center simultaneously with the CBS coverage. I think it was like Jay Harris. He goes, Seth Greenberg, we're going to get right back to you. And he turns towards the camera. <laughs> we have breaking news in the studio. I, I don't, it just didn't bother me. You know, I'm okay with it. It's live TV, and uh, you know I've been there before where you think you're going to be doing this, and they go, oh, they tell you in your ear, hey, something just happened. All right. You pivot. Yes, Todd. About 9 o'clock Eastern Sunday night after all the brackets, and they had a little time <laughs> to digest who's playing who and who got in, the seeds, or even first thing in the morning Monday. I still refuse to believe that any of the players okay. on the Bucks they would have lost. Hold on here. I know there was one guy signed Sunday night or whatever. Ryan Jensen. Okay. What if... Russell Wilson decided that he wanted to go to Denver and it was Sunday at around 6.30. Same exact thing. Your Broncos, Russ is going to interrupt Selection Sunday to announce that he's agreed to be traded to the Broncos, Todd. 
The only thing that would upset me was if I found out that, that, like you guys are saying, that we would have lost some opportunities with, uh, to re-sign other important players because he had to do it right in the middle of the bracket. Uh, I, would, I would have a problem with that. I would be extremely excited. Oh, my God, Russell Wilson's the you new You would not come in Monday morning like you did. You went, Tom Brady hijacked my selection. I'm a fan. I got issues with Tom Brady for many years in the battles with Manning. You have to admit that. I am You don't like Brady. I, I would think that would be weak for anyone, including Russ, to do You're that weak. in that window of the brackets being announced. Come on. Yes, Paul. I was just looking for if this, uh, there's a precedent here. Remember, I think it was 2007, A-Rod was on the Yankees and he opted out? Yes. During... World Series? Yeah, during Game 4 of the World Series. Now that... That's a little different. Same sport. Yeah, that that's A-Rod being A-Rod. And Commissioner Selig actually reacted publicly yeah. and said, like, that was not the time. And then I think that they came up with a rule, or at least, you know, the parameters of don't announce a coach or manager being hired or anything during the world. Don't take away from the World Series. I think it's the A-Rod rule. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, MLB said, we are very disappointed that Scott Boris would try to upstage our national pastime oh, wow. with this announcement. It was like an official release from the MLB. Scott Boris thinking of Scott Boris. Go figure. What a shocker there. Chris in South Carolina. Hi, Chris. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan, Chris, uh, 5'10", uh, post-COVID 204. All right. Um, long-time listener. Um, you know, I've been in the all- home, working from home the past two years. Never really got to watch the show, but... You guys have been my coworkers for two years, and I'm going back to the office next week. But uh, mm. I just want to say thank you. Uh, you know, it was really cool how y'all – I was going back looking at some of the old shows from two years ago and just how you guys pulled it all together and just kept so many people going and gave people hope. I look forward to it every day. And I've got a, one real quick Stephen Curry story. Uh, after I saw the video the other day, he was at, still at Davidson, and his younger brother Seth was playing at Liberty before he transferred to Duke. So I went to a Winthrop game in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and saw him sitting behind the Liberty bench. And my wife asked her for a pin at halftime, and he was kind of hiding from all the little kids. So I run over there. I'm 30 at the time. said, hey, man, can I have your autograph? So he's 21, and he looks up at me. He says, oh, yes, sir. And I thought, wow, that was pretty cool. You know, he, he, he thought he, he had that kind of manners, and, and, I, and I still have the ticket stub. And uh, never knew he would be as famous as he is. But anyway, thought I'd share that story, and uh, thank you guys for all you do. All right, Chris. Good luck back uh, going back to work. You know, we, we need those that are homebound, you know, that, that can't get out of the house. I mean, that's our target audience here. Like if somebody's going to have surgery, we're like, yeah, yeah. Hope the rehab's going to take a little while. You know, you get to watch the show. Yeah, Paul. For the official show of people in traction. I mean, that's our community. <laughs> That you can't get up and change the right. channel. You're locked in. Yes, I like that. All right, more phone calls coming up. By the way, anybody who takes part in a pie-to-the-face contest here, challenge, gets a pie slam jamma t-shirt. Winners and losers. Yeah. Yeah, you get a pie slam jamma We have those. Uh, Mike Florio is going to get a pie slam jamma t-shirt there. <laughs> and a pie-to-the-face as well.